Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Brick by Brick, a podcast produced by Move Your Mind, committed to changing the construction industry one conversation at a time. Most of us learn from experience, and it can be really difficult to understand a certain subject matter if we haven't had that experience ourselves. On today's episode, I was able to tap into that with Grant Fuller. He made a big career turn and ended up working in health and safety after having his own experience and really seeing firsthand how big of an issue it is. And that drove him, it gave him passion to want to help. It's a really important point because a lot of the time we just don't know what we're dealing with. If we haven't had that experience, it's very hard to relate. I always say that I am incredibly grateful for the dark times that I've been through because the difficult emotions that I faced in those periods and how overwhelming it felt really gave me empathy because I thought, well, if this feels that bad, imagine what some of these other people are going through. And to this day, I remind myself of that and it drives me to have these conversations and try and reach out to share stories, to encourage other people to do the same, to make sure that we can all help each other along the journey and realize that we're not alone. When we're going through these difficult times, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us. It doesn't mean that we're the only one who can't cope. It just means that we're not hearing from other people. We're not reaching out. We're not getting the help. Everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own difficulties to overcome. And it's a message that we just cannot express enough. Grant is the Regional Health and Safety Manager for Victoria and Tasmania at McConnell Dow. I met Grant a couple of weeks ago when I was hosting an event called Wellness in Infrastructure. Grant has been a fundamental part of the movement of changing mental health in construction as a whole. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Lendlease, who are committed to changing mental health in the construction industry and have a number of initiatives that they're undertaking. Lendlease is committed to the health and safety of its people and those who they work with and have been acknowledged externally for their focus on providing healthy workplaces. Grant, it's great to see you again. I met you two weeks ago coming back to Australia and really enjoyed hearing you talk and, you know, loved the event that I was able to come and MC, luckily enough, um, just just after getting back from, from the US. So, yeah, really appreciate you in such short notice and with how busy you are uh, making the time to come and have this conversation. Yeah, no, thanks, Nick. Appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and, yeah, look forward to uh, sitting down and having a chat with you. For sure, mate, for sure. So are you able to give a bit of a background on yourself, the work you do, and how you wound up being in Melbourne and doing what you now do? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll try to go with the, <laughs> the short version, but uh, it is a, a bit of a story that, uh, that brought me to where I am today. So uh, I'm originally from the, the accent, uh, originally from the States, grew up in Montana, uh, in a place uh, called Big Timber, and it's a very uh, non-populated location of the United States. It's very rural. Grew up on a ranch there. Family lost a ranch at uh, 16, and so I had to look where I was going to go. And I ended up um, at 17, after high school, flying up to Alaska 
and jumping on commercial fishing boats. And then I was on commercial fishing boats for the next uh, seven years until an opportunity came up, um, mostly due to a girl at the time that didn't want me to go on those fishing boats anymore. And I took an opportunity to go to work for the uh, U.S. Navy as a civilian contractor doing um, crane rigging on their ship salvage and oil response um, team. And when I took that role, there was an older fellow there that was the health and safety manager for the, uh, the base that I was on, and he shortly retired after I'd started. And so they put the, uh, the hard word on me that that was going to be my role now, uh, to be a health and safety manager as well as the crane rigger. And I, I just laughed at him. I, I said, you know where I just came from? Um, yeah, you know where I'm from growing up, you know, rural areas, not uh, particularly known for being that safe uh, and making those safe choices. And they said, oh, we, we don't really care if you're going. So went into the, uh, the health and safety program, which is much like um, your search for uh, here in Australia, and um, wasn't looking forward to it at all, uh, to be honest. And it was one of those pin drop moments. Uh, I was in the course. They asked um, all the course attendees to think back on an incident that had occurred in their life that could have been prevented. And to be honest with you, I'd never thought about prevention methods or incidents. Mm. Um, I always just thought it was a matter of luck if, uh, if it occurred or not. And I thought back to a serious incident that happened on, on one of the boats I was on and realized that, uh, that the fellow that was involved with it, which he now lives with the mentality of a, of a 10-year-old due to the um, traumatic brain injury that he suffered, I realized that he'd been asking um, the owner of that boat to maintenance that boat on the off-season for about two seasons in a row. He'd been telling the, 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 the owner, Captain, you need to put money back in this boat. And no money was put back into that boat. And it was actually a block that came out of the rigging and knocked, uh, knocked him over the head. And I thought back on that and just went, well, it's even called preventative maintenance. It's preventative. Mm-hmm. It, it could have prevented that from occurring. And so that, that's what really started me down the journey um, into safety. And then once I found out about the safety culture thing and the, the DuPont Bradley curve and all that, I was just, this is my space. And I, I fell in love with it and the psychology of it. And about two years later, um, I, I would ski coach uh, on the weekends when I wasn't uh, out doing oil response uh, in, in such and met some Larrikin uh, Australian guy at, uh, at the ski slopes and we became fast friends. And next thing I know, it, he offered me a role down here in Australia out in the Bowen Basin uh, in the mines. So I flew basically from the Arctic Circle because I was up there doing some oil response training down to Moranbaugh um in about a two-week time frame and it was very much a, a shock <laughs> and I, I asked myself what, what are you what are you doing here but then um once again uh, i just really became more and more engrossed in, in the health and safety aspect and, and just loved it i loved the rigor that mining took to risk management and it was a great learning pathway uh for me to to be able to learn about some really great principles that come out of, out of mining. Um, and then down to Melbourne, that happened um, in 2016. I was able to convince my then um, fiance, now wife, who, who's an Australian gal out of, out of Brisbane, uh, able to convince her to move uh, down a bit further south and do some uh, more temperate climate for me because uh, the, the heat up there was killing me. And uh, we've been down ever since. So, Moved from mining into uh, infrastructure uh, construction 
um, around, it would have been 2014 is when I moved into infrastructure construction and um, came down here then straight into that in 2016 with a, with a company. And at that time, you know, my, my focus was really all about safety, 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 risk management, critical risk. It wasn't on health. And I was really doing a disservice to what I was supposed to be doing because I was you know, really focused in on, on the, the risk management aspects when it comes to you know, plant and equipment. But when it mm. came to the people, I was missing that, that, that element. And I started to become a bit more aware of it when a working group started up um, talking about doing an industry survey. It would have been around 2017, late 2017, um, early 2018. This working group started up and talking about having Swinburne University undertake a survey on the infrastructure industry. And I loved that idea because um, as I sat in, in a few of those working group meetings when we were trying to you know, raise the funding and figure out how the model would look, because what it was was um, eight contractors coming together and, and, and basically pu pulling their funds in order to have Swinburne um, be able to undertake this survey. And what I was learning through that period was, was just eye-opening about um, what burnout looks like and what uh, work-life balance, unsee um, and dissatisfaction, what that looks like. And every time we would talk about one of those, I would just think about all the people that I saw fitting that space and going, oh, wow, mm. that's what that is. That's why that, that's happening. That's why they're doing that. And um, it, was, it was incredibly eye-opening. And then the, uh, the survey was undertaken and mid-2018, and it had a huge response rate. Um, the, the response rate just shocked uh, Professor Luke Downey and Professor Constow um, from Swinburne. They did not expect to get uh, over 690 people responding to that survey. And it was a huge yeah, cross-section of our industry. And then it went quiet uh, while they compiled the data. And when they got the data all together in September of 2018, they brought in all these um, execs from all the tier ones and tier twos that they put the contributions forward. And when they got the execs in the room, they, they, they just dropped the palm. Um, they, they put up the stats and the, the jaws dropped and mm. the room just went silent. And these were all the heavy hitters. I mean, heavy hitters from your Lang O'Rourke's over to your John Holland's, um, your BMD's and McConnell Dow's, they were all there, all the managing directors. And they, everybody just went silent. And I, I really didn't have a place in the room. I was just sitting quietly in the back corner because um, I, I didn't really belong in that room, but I was there because I was part of that working group. And then they started talking about what they're doing. And it was each individual company trying to one-up each other on, on what they were already doing with fruit boxes and EAPs and having um, you know, um, volunteer days and the rest of it, which, yeah, there's a place for those. But what I was seeing on the screen was far different to a, a company issue that they all were addressing. It's an, it was an industry issue that I was seeing. And I actually couldn't hold back and just uh, drop that to the room and said, look, we're not looking at it as a company, uh, individual company issue. This is an industry issue. This is across the board that we're seeing these rates. I mean, it's, you know, 60% dissatisfaction with work-life balance, a 40% burnout rate. Yeah, that means 40% of our people in our jobs are burnt out coming to work. Now, how engaged and how uh, effective are they if, if that's the case? And so I, I dropped my, my belief onto the table and I said, well, what would you suggest we do about it? 
And um, my suggestion was a steering committee. You need to come together as a collective and actually start addressing these, these items and addressing the causes. And um, yeah, so a couple of weeks later, we were sitting in another room. It was actually at the uh, CPB office in the city and all eight of the contractor uh, executives were there and you know, most of them are engineers. So they wanted more data. That was the first mm-hmm. thing is, you know, why are these numbers so bad? And so Luke um, Downey and myself, uh, Professor Luke Downey and myself uh, proposed that give us the opportunity to find that out. Um, if we can have a cross section of the workforce come into Swinburne over two days, we'll try to get that answer for you. And so in November, late November um, 2018, we brought in about, uh, I think it was about 80 participants um, that came through in those two days to try to find out what was driving um, those uh, adverse mental health impacts in our industry. And far and above all, um, the, the number one was work hours. I mean, it was glaring. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the amount of work people were doing, we had some you know, that were saying they were easily doing 80 hours in a week and that they were having to go around the system that was put in place to manage that. Um, they were having to go around that system and everyone knew that they were doing that. And it was just, yeah, yes. the, the, the enthusiasm in the room was incredible um, on what people envisioned our future looked like for this industry. Uh, mm. I, I, I wanted to harness it. I, I remember just leaving those two days with such a buzz from the passion that we had there. And um, like I said, that steering committee had already been created at that point. But what this then created was a working group of these passionate, uh, of these passionate people. And um, what, the second one we found, sorry, I'll go back to what else we found. So we got hours was the number one impact for the adverse mental health. Then the second was all around leadership. And really, it, it falls right in line with the psychosocial risk, um, a lot of those psychosocial risks. So everything from job design to feeling empowered in your role to feeling um, the uh, to having clarity. I mean, they were all really clear that that was um, some of the big issues. And um, off, off the back of that, like I said, that was what uh, spurred the, the working group. And here we are now, almost five years later, um, full steam ahead. We did the rollout of the mentoring program, as you know there, Nick, and really appreciate you coming along to that and emceeing for us. Uh, I couldn't believe that we, we got you, to be honest, um, because I, I know you have a, a pretty busy schedule and uh, you're a man that um, is always on the go. So I was really excited that we got you there. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, that you're coming on this journey with us. And uh, yeah. I appreciate it. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, what a story you've got, you've got an, it's an incredible story. And what I like from your personal story, and I love these kind of, I think in life, it's so great when you've sort of learned every step of the way and it's organically built to where you are now. And you gained an interest in this area from the personal experience you had. And I think that's why I'm such a big believer in storytelling and trying to get you know people to talk about their experiences because it's really how we learn how we can how you know how can we understand things like mental health and you know what you're talking about there if we're not having conversations if we're not hearing about other people's experiences and these are pretty hard-hitting things you know like burnout what you're talking about it's crazy people working 80-hour work weeks I mean not many people can handle working that much it's not good for you and it's not discussed enough so it's you know, it's so important. So, you know, I love the story and um, it is pretty shocking to hear these 
you know, different statistics that that are happening. And it, it's really good that it is moving forward, but there's such a long way to go. So I think it's, uh, you know, like you're saying, a lot of these companies often will be trying to tick a box and, you know, do what they need to do to appease shareholders and look like they're doing the right things, but it's just not enough. And I think that's where the mentoring program is such an amazing initiative. So would you be able to tell me a little bit more about the uh, mentoring program and what, what that involves? Yeah, so the, the wellness and infrastructure, as that steering committee and working group has went on to be called, uh, wellness and infrastructure mentoring program is about pairing um, some of the uh, more senior leaders within our industry with some of the up and coming leaders of our industry to well, really the, the number one is, is to raise awareness around this, um, the, 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 this topic in our industry. So it's raising awareness, but it's also then a, a bit about building resilience and different ways of managing that work-life balance. And resilience to me is a bit of a, a dirty word at times because it's like, um, if you can only build resilience, you can handle 80 hours a week. It, 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 no, 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 no. No, there is a place for resilience, yes, but that's not the, the be-all, end-all. It's um, a very good point, to, actually. Yeah, yeah. on yeah. how to manage. So I do, um, yeah, I, I do take it very mindfully when I say that it's to build resilience because that's not the idea here um, it, to do that. You know, the idea here is to build awareness and mm-hmm. to get some of these senior leaders to continue to, um, to, to talk about what needs to be done as an industry and show that we can do it as a, as a collective. Lendlease is proudly sponsoring the Brick by Brick podcast. They're committed to the health and safety of their people and those who they work with and have been acknowledged externally for their focus on providing healthy workplaces. Lendlease is certified as a global healthy workplace in recognition of their focus on employee health and well-being. The certification was granted by the Global Centre for Healthy Workplaces in October 2017, and in addition, they've won the Multinational Employer category for the six Global Healthy Workplace Awards. At Move Your Mind, we've been fortunate to work with Lendlease for a number of years, and we've seen firsthand that they take this seriously. They're not just trying to tick a box. They genuinely care about making change in the organisation. And further to that, Lendlease are a leader in driving the conversation about mental health on a broad level. They're not just trying to help in their organisation, it's about changing the construction industry and the way we view mental health as a whole. So with the mentors and the mentees, another aspect um, that they're going to be working on is actually working on themselves and uh, going through some of the program with uh, with one of our program partners, the Sandra Consulting. They're going to be uh, yeah, looking at their own mental health as well as then the, the mental health of industry and looking at different um, yeah, potential uh, programs and positive uh, impacts that we could be making to industry. And that's going to be a big focus of that, that uh, mentoring program as well. So it's um, yeah, quite exciting that, uh, that we've got off the ground. The other really great part about this mentoring program is it's open to anyone to apply. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know in the past, uh, when, when I've wanted to be part of something um, such as a mentoring program that I've often missed out because it's either through Rhodes Australia, who is, you know, very in. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all 
wrong. What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Engineer centric or through um, Engineers Australia, which is very engineering centric. And so there, there was never really that availability for me to, to find those external mentors. Um, fortunately, I was able to find them um, through other avenues and have some great ones today. But um, yeah, it, I think it's a great program to be able to uh, offer to anyone um, within industry that wants and, and, and needs that uh, mentorship. Absolutely. And and yeah, it really is a great initiative because, you know, being able to train people up to be able to have these leaders in an organization able to then be on the on the ground and have these conversations, it, it has a ripple effect. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I've seen being such a big issue where, you know, you can go in and um, do an awareness session in a company and everyone gets excited and there's great conversation on that day, but then where's the follow-up? And then even if people want to get answers you know how who where do they go how do they do it how do you change and you know this is a difficult thing and i don't think there's a full solution to it but i think we can really make you know big steps to improve it and you know changing these cultures it takes it takes a a lot of effort it takes a lot of people getting on board you know it's like i look at a company like a, a microcosm of of broader society it's you know changing these embedded cultures it's a big effort but we can start making some bigger steps to do it if we want to, you know, try and get that change. Most definitely. And if we, if we can reduce duplication of effort, and that that's one of the, you know, the, the fundamental, um, I guess, foundational aspects, I should say, of wellness yeah. and infrastructure is try to reduce that, that duplication of effort instead of each company going off and having to trial what works and what doesn't when it comes to, you know, delivering on well-being of employees within the industry, sharing that on what's working and what's not so that we can continually improve on it instead of going back to the drawing board constantly. And um, that, that's what I've tried to do with a couple of different initiatives that, that we've done over the last few years. Um, one being the integrated approach to wellness program. Uh, the whole idea was that after we were done with that program, that it, that it went back to industry. And that's another beautiful thing about the mentoring program is that the entire framework and content of our mentoring program is actually going to be available for all industry to be able to utilize because mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important that there isn't any IP on this and that we're sharing yeah. it. And you know, if it works, share it. So that is a, yeah, a, a really big passion of mine to, to continue to do that and, um, and, and try to get others to do that when it comes to this space. There, there should be no IP on, on it. It's about bettering people's lives at the end of the day. It's a great message because that's the thing, isn't it? It's all about helping people improve their lives. And it's an area we shouldn't be competing in on on every level, really. It's like, how do we, and it's a very complicated area. So there's so many parts to the solution, but Mm. we're not going to make that big change if we're trying to compete against each other. It's how can we all collectively work together to to make that change? So I love that. That's a a really important thing. And if if you want to compete on it, do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone yeah. can take that framework, but not everyone's going to be able to get the senior leadership to dedicate the, the time, the effort, and um, yeah, the, the involvement that needs to be there. So if you want yeah. to compete, just do it well. Because it, if you get mental health right and you get the well-being right, everything else comes. 
And that's what I realized when it came to safety. You know, I, I would mm. watch the older school safety guys that would just use the bat um, approach <laughs> and just smash people with compliance and then wonder mm. why when they turned around, the guys or gals went straight back to what they were doing. Yeah. Um, and and didn't, didn't worry about it, except for when you know, he or she would come around, they'd put their glasses on and they'd put the hard hat down. But the minute they'd walk off, it would just go back to, no, yeah, we don't care. But if you actually get care and show care, then people are going to choose to do the right thing. You're going to get discretionary effort. And when it comes to safety, I, I, my belief is that we've pushed risk, um, critical risk management and your engineering control, your hierarchy control, we've pushed it to where it's going to get at this moment without bringing our workforce along on that journey. Because mm. if they're not engaged, and this goes for your, your white collar and blue collar workforce, if they're not engaged and part of something, you know, bigger than oneself, where they're doing things for the right reason, because they go, you know what, this company is a good company or that project director or that, that supervisor is a good person. Um, if they're not doing it for those reasons, then trying to get them to go above and beyond is almost impossible. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about getting people in, engaged and, and well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how, how do you, have you seen over the last, say, five plus years, a, a big improvement in mental health in the construction industry? Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're gonna be lo loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it, and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Pockets. Mm. Yeah, pockets. There's been yeah, some pockets of excellence, but um, overall, unfortunately, I, I don't think we've, we've really gotten anywhere. Um, and that's hopefully uh, going to be shown. Make another note. <laughs> oh, we'll keep that in. Maybe we'll see. We'll, we'll decide after. If you're hearing, if, if you're hearing this, we've decided to keep this part in in the interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just another package. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Look, as far as change, have I seen a change in industry in the last five years? I, I would say the facts say no. Um, you know, when we started the, uh, the integrated approach to wellness, um, program on Mordialic freeway, we did a, a benchmark survey at the start of that program. And it was in June of 2020. And those results, um, were exactly the same, if not slightly worse than the results that were, um, came out of the 2018 Swinburne report. And it was done by Luke Downey as well. So same, same mm -hmm. metrics, um, to the T. And the results were slightly worse. And um, there was a project, another project um, from another company that actually utilized Luke 
to undertake the survey on 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 their project because the the project wasn't going well. Um, there was a lot of lot of strain, financial strain and safety um, strain on the project, and the results of that were yeah, far far worse than the 2018 or the 2019 baseline survey on Morty Alec. So I would say, unfortunately, with the amount of work on our plates, the resource constraints, and what I'm seeing personally with everyone just looking under the pump, that um, that that no, it hasn't. But Which, there's there's some great work being done. So hopefully, mm. you know, that if we were to talk again in a couple of years' time, that will be a different answer. Hopefully, and I appreciate the honesty on that as well. And it's um. Yeah, it's interesting because they're obviously mental health in general has become a there's a lot more awareness about it. You know, there's a lot more being done to try and help. But it is interesting that when you dig deeper and you, you know, you peel back the layers, often it's nowhere near the level of improvement that is uh, conveyed to the public, not just in construction, mm-hmm. but anywhere. And I, I've just found this in the companies that I've spoken in that I've worked with, you know, you, it's always surprising to see just how many, you know, issues are still happening and how many people are even, you know, especially as men, you know, how many people are afraid to even just admit that they might be struggling or show a bit of vulnerability and ask for help, you know, just simple on, on that sort of, you know, first level of, of you know, what, what do I do? Because still these, you know, cultures haven't changed enough. So it's, it's important to talk about. I think it's important that we, you know, raise, the awareness about that as well, that we need to do more. We need to look at other ways to solve these problems. You know, we can't just put a bandaid on it. We've got to look at, dig a bit deeper and find, Hey, why, why is this happening? How can we change the, go back to the, you know, drawing board and find how do we, how do we really create, you know, a better system that's going to cater for people's long longevity and, you know, prevent all these things like burnout and employee turnover and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more. I would say that in the last five years, there there's definitely, like you said, there has been an increase in awareness and response. But I just uh, I don't feel that as of yet that it, that it's hitting. There's some pockets of excellence, but um, as a whole, it's it's not hitting. And it's um, it will be telling. We we're, we're hoping to do another uh, industry wide survey this year. Um, the steering committee is very keen. To, uh, to go out and to get the funding. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident, uh, pretty confident that it will be achieved. And it, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see what it will say, especially after COVID, um, which put strain on everyone, uh, obviously globally, but also with, um, with construction, it, it did add an extra layer of complexity because we were used um, to continue to drive the economy. So we didn't shut down and while some people that were working from home would say, well, you fortunate so-and-sos, at the same time, we had to manage that COVID risk on our sites. And it was extremely um, stressful to, to, to manage that uh, here in Victoria. And you had the regulators constantly hovering, wanting, uh, not wanting, but um, checking if you, if you missed the mark on, um, on any of the guidelines or the response to you know, positive COVID cases. And then when it came in that uh, mandatory um, COVID um, vaccinations, it just, it added a lot of pressure on top of our projects, not to take away from the, mm. you know, the impact it made um, you know, globally and especially here in Melbourne with 
us being the record holders for longest lockdown. <laughs> not, yeah, not not something that I think too many people are um, wanting to think too much about anymore. Are they? No. It's like, oh, 100%. Right. no, I, yeah, it, was a, it caused a lot of, um, yeah, a lot a lot of distress for a lot of people and a long, yeah, ongoing thing. So no, it's been it's a crazy period. Yeah, and I and I look forward to seeing more research post COVID. To be honest, to yeah. see what it what it's done. Um, I would love to see some Victoria specific data um, around um, yeah, post COVID mental health uh, yeah. across the different age populations and, and, and genders. Um, because yeah, I think there was, uh, or I know there was um, some severe trauma as a result. So yeah, oh. it's a little, little off 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 topic, isn't it? But yeah, all, all related, but yeah. Issue. And how could there not be traumas? Yeah, it would be fascinating to see that to see that data. So before I go, we have five closing questions. Before I go into that, I've just got one more question for you. Uh, I, and I, I loved what you said earlier about resilience. I think that's so relevant the way you worded that. And I haven't thought about it that way, but I think that's just a really important message where you were saying resilience, yes, it's important. And we need to know how to deal with hardship and, you know, push forward, but it can be, it's used so much and taken so out of context that, you know, you can, it, it can be saying, oh, I want to be resilient to run myself into the ground and keep, keep going, which I'm sure in the construction industry, it's really hard to not have that mindset. So my question for you is how, how do you maintain balance yourself um, with your mental or just your well-being in general? How do you find balance working in this industry or do you, you know, is that, is that a challenge? It's massive challenge, um, massive challenge, uh, especially being you know, an advocate. Uh, I, I really put a lot of effort and time into the advocate, advocacy bit. And my wife does sometimes say I'm a biggest hypocrite. <laughs> she knows because, um, yeah, I, I do a lot of this outside uh, of, of, of work hours. But fortunately, at the same time, my, my wife has um, been brilliant in helping me to create better balance. And one of those ways is that um, every other weekend I, I head to the hills, back to back to the mountains where I came from. So I go up into um, yeah, up around Bright and that, and take my mountain bike or take my skis if it's winter, and um, just get back to where it feels like home. And that really helps to even me yeah. out. So I love that. It's it's getting out and just getting away from it and switching the phone off and taking that time out. But uh, it is incredibly hard, and it's so much easier said than done. Um, I wish I was an expert at it, um, but yeah, it's a work in progress. It's all a work in progress, but I think that timeout is critical, like you're saying, especially when we're connected 24-7 and similar for me. You know, I've worked in this area for 12 years now, raising awareness and often it's, you know, do as I say, not as I do because I'll be, you know, working around the clock and I love what I'm doing, but then you can just find it hard to switch off and there's always something to do and, uh, it's very hard to find that balance. And the same thing with me. My my girlfriend is constantly trying to help me recalibrate things and take a bit of pressure off and find how do you how do you balance things out things out. But it's a a work in progress. So no, I yeah, really love everything you've brought up here. These final questions, these can be sort of quick answers that come to mind that mm-hmm. we just close off every interview with. Um, the first one is what what's your best childhood memory? that comes to mind? Oh, yeah. My best childhood memory would have to be a memory with my dad who passed away when I was young. 
So, um, yeah, fishing with my dad, I would have to say, would be one of my best. I love that. What do you think is the biggest issue in the construction industry at the moment when it comes to mental health? The work hours. Mm. Work hours and pressure. Pressure of, uh, of project uh, demands. Uh, meeting program and complying with requirements. So it's, um, yeah, hours and pressure every day of the week. Yeah, makes sense. Where do you see mental health in the construction industry going in the next 10 years? Do you see more positive than negative, just in a broad sense, I guess? Where, what direction do you see that going in? Yeah, I, I see more positive than negative. Um, I see much more innovation coming into the industry, uh, making things more efficient. And also I see more um, collaboration with government entities uh, to, to create more time for life on these projects and, you know, put a cap on how long um, you know, rail occupations will be, um, which is 24-7 work for those that don't know what a rail occupation is. It's, it's 24-7 nonstop work for, um, there's been some occupations that have been 100 days plus um, recently. So imagine oh, wow. being a manager of that job and having that job go 24-7 in a high-risk environment. Wow. When do you switch off? That's crazy. That isn't, yeah, it's insane. Well, yeah. what, so I've got two more here. What would you say is the most positive thing about working in the construction industry? Oh, the people every day of the week. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some brilliant people in this, in this industry. Um, and my greatest, you know, some of my greatest mentors have come out of, of the people I've met in the industry and the engineering minds as well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible to be a part of something, um, you know, building something that's you know, making a positive impact in people's lives. It's, it's great to be a part of. So, yeah. That's, yeah. And that, you know, when it comes to mental health, it's the same thing. It all comes back to the people. And I think, you know, if we can, we can find that and we can connect and, you know, find that within an organization, it just makes all the difference. So yeah, so important. So final question here for you. What's your personal definition of happiness? Balance. Balance. Yeah, my personal definition so is, is just about having that right balance and feeling on top of things. You know, I, I constantly um, feel like I'm a bit behind and chasing, chasing it. So just feeling balanced and on top of things. Yeah. I think it's a great answer. Well, Grant, thank you so much for making the time. I've I've learned personally just from having this chat with you. I've learned a lot and love the work you're doing, love what you stand for. I you seem like a very genuine guy and you're doing amazing things in the industry. So thank you for making the time. I'm so glad we got to connect and you know have this chat. And yeah, thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Nick. I really uh, really appreciate it and look forward to uh yeah, continuing on with the work we're doing so absolutely thank you so much cheers mate thanks to grant fuller for joining me today for move your mind and another big thank you to our sponsor lendlease for supporting this podcast and more importantly for supporting mental health ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.